I'm Chris Carter of the Locked On Steelers podcast. Arthur Smith being the new offensive coordinator, he has some challenges. Two challenges specifically are getting Najee Harris and Darnell Washington, of all players, more involved. I want to talk about that and a lot more here on the Locked On Steelers podcast today. Let's get into it. You are Locked On Steelers, your daily Pittsburgh Steelers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, welcome to the Locked On Steelers podcast. I'm your host, Chris Carter, bringing you your daily dose of all things in the Pittsburgh Steelers. As always, you can find the show in your favorite podcasting apps and on YouTube. Like this video if you enjoy it. Subscribe to this YouTube channel to get all of your daily Monday through Friday episodes as well as our bonus content. Thank you for making us your first listen every day as well as your team every day. Remember, today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. FanDuel Sportsbook is the number one sportsbook in America. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers get $150 off in bonus or brought back in bonus bets with any winning $5 bet. That's that's $150 if your bet wins by visiting FanDuel.com slash locked on to get started. All right, everyone. Full disclosure, this was also recorded before the Super Bowl because I needed to get shows out of the way so that travel would not be a problem to start this week for my Post-Gazette job. Uh, but wanted to get these, these in and answer a lot of you all's questions because you've been leaving a lot of them. So again, if you don't hear me talk any about the Super Bowl, that's why it hasn't happened yet as I'm recording this. But we had a lot of questions, and there was one question in particular that I thought was very interesting and in tapping into a topic that we'll be pulling back a lot more over the next few months uh really half a year until we see the Steelers offense next year and that's things that we need to see if you're looking for improvement from the Steelers offense from Arthur Smith and that's how this offense is used and part of it is using personnel to the strengths that they were drafted and brought into the Steelers to be used and that was a good question from Jesse of Miami Jesse here's your question hey Chris this is Jesse from Miami Florida love your show been a lifelong Steelers fan living here in Miami I have two questions. The first part is, Najee Harris's rookie year displayed great wide receiver skills out of the backfield, and I think it was a big part of his game, and it was very effective in our offense. Do you see the Steelers wanting to bring that aspect back out of the backfield as far as developing plays for our running backs to come out of the backfield and, you know, dump some passes off to them? And my second part question is, Darnell Washington, um, the guy's, built like a tank. I know he can block, but he has displayed some abilities um, to catch the ball, and his frame is an advantage at the end of the day. Do you see them wanting to maybe get him more involved in the passing game? Thanks again. Thank you for your question, Jesse. As always, you can call 412-223-6644 to get your question on the show. Be sure to leave your name, your question, uh, your name, where you're from, and keep your question under a minute. So let's get to a few things here. Uh, one, Najee Harris and Darnell Washington specifically. I, I think, yes, both can get more involved in the pass game. They need to get a lot of people more involved in the pass game. Pat Fryermuth included. I mean, the, the, he'd be a smart person to target as the guy that you uh, draft in the second round to be a star tight end and, and has shown a lot of progress. But let's focus on Harris and Washington specifically because I think they present a kind of threat that the Steelers would love to use to make things easier for whoever they have at quarterback. I'm not getting into whether it's Kenny Pickett or Mason Rudolph or ex-quarterback today because y'all tire me out with that topic. But I wanted to get into one way that whoever is your quarterback, as long as they're making competent decisions and solid you know, distribution of the football, guys that can make it easier on them. And those are bigger guys, stronger runners who can – Break tackles, make guys miss, and get and get yards out of them. Yards out of them. And Najee Harris is one of those guys. We'll get to Darnell Washington in a sec, but absolutely, Jesse, 
Najee Harris completely underused last year. If you look at him, I wouldn't say he was elite out of the backfield in his first year with the Steelers, but he caught 74 passes for 467 yards and included three receiving touchdowns. He averaged five yards a target. That's pretty good. And that's without, I think, a lot of creativity in how he was targeted out of the backfield. A lot of those were Ben Roethlisberger was like, don't see it. Najee, go get him. And he went and got him. And, and I think that's where Najee Harris is so good. But if you look back at Najee Harris in college, he was a receiving threat for Alabama. And, and Alabama, you remember, they didn't need a running back to be their leading receiver. They had star receivers all over the field. Uh, guys going in the first round every year, it seemed like. Uh, but he certainly was effective in his last year with, with Alabama. He had 425 rece receiving yards on 43 catches, averaging basically 10 yards a catch, uh, and had four receiving touchdowns. The year before that, he allowed 11.3 yards per catch, getting over 300 yards and seven receiving touchdowns. That's crazy. You got to use that more. And I even highlighted that when I used to do my work for DK Pittsburgh Sports. I did a draft prof profile on Najee Harris before he was even drafted. And I was like, this guy can catch. This guy can do so many things. Let's you got to get him in some motion. You got to get him some, some space in the field. And that's something that Arthur Smith has to work into the offense, whether it's Kenny Pickett, Mason Roth, or whoever. One of the easiest things that wasn't any anything complicated, Le'Veon Bell. Was a good was a good was a, was a great route runner as a running back. He could he could run routes like a wide receiver, and that's what made him so dangerous. Which is why he wanted to get paid. That's a whole other discussion. But Najee Harris, I'm not saying he's a route runner like Le'Veon Bell. You could give him some of the early things that Le'Veon Bell did before he was a developed route runner, and he'd still be dangerous. One of the simplest things that I think that that Le'Veon Bell would be able to do was on a pass play where the Steelers spread people out, and they had you know AB going deep. They had a guy on, a, on an out. They had a guy on, on a deep post or something like that. And they spread the defense out. And they have to honor all the other things, including the tight end. And then Le'Veon Bell would just run five yards up, turn around, and say, hit me. Ben would hit him, and then he would go get five to eight, sometimes 12, 13 yards. And that was a simple, easy, you don't need your quarterback to make a just tough decision type of play. Those are things that you can easily throw in. But you can also throw in Texas routes and using so many more creative ways to get your running backs the ball in space. And I also say this applies to Jalen Warren because I like Jalen Warren doing this stuff too. Using both of these running backs in, in more, I think, not complex, but more involved situations that get them to use their athleticism and space to make guys miss. Because also, if you, if they're catching the ball and they're getting downfield, they're most likely dealing with safeties and corners more, less than defensive linemen or bigger linebackers. If they're or, you know maybe they're dealing with smaller linebackers because that's where they can force more tackles, be more physical, and that's also where Darnell Washington comes into play. Darnell Washington is huge, man. That that dude is six seven two sixty plus. And he's muscle in, in that. And he can and all you have to do is drop some simple things for him. He has a great catch radius. You don't even need to need to use him for that until you get to the red zone. But like just get him the ball in space. And there were so many times we said for like months on this show, it was like, look, Darnell Washington wide open again. I don't know why anyone's not throwing to him. Both of those guys need to be easily installed parts of this offense this year. And that is a task that Arthur Smith has to achieve not just in play calls, but making sure the quarterback sees them because there were times that they were designed to be open in certain plays. They just weren't throwing the ball. They have to be part of the system. They can't just be that they're there. It has to be part of the timing and the figuring out of, Hey, 
how we're going to attack defenses and force them to honor so many different things that it prevents them from lining up and saying, hey, we're going to double team George Pickens all day. Or if they do that, keep hurting them with Najee Harris, Darnell Washington, and all your other options. And that's where the Steelers offense can be dangerous with the playmakers that it already has. So why I think the biggest investment in the offense right now needs to be the offensive line to solidify that and say, hey, can run the ball you can you can control the line of scrimmage you can keep your quarterback clean whoever that quarterback is and as long as that quarterback is just being coached or, or being coachable he's able to uh to, to understand where he's supposed to go with the football and gets the ball out on time into not too risky situations you're going to have a much better offense than what you've had the past several years in pittsburgh that has to be a part of it. Darnell Washington, Najee Harris, absolutely uh, part, part of that. And that needs to be something that Arthur Smith needs to be working on right now is finding ways to get those guys involved, including Jalen Warren. And again, this isn't to say don't get involved Deontay Johnson or George Pickens for the sake of these guys. This is saying add them in so that when you're when you're a defense planning for the Steelers, you're not looking back and saying, hey, we need to keep Pickens and Johnson contained and we'll work. And that's it because they don't got they're not going to throw that much to Austin. They're not going to throw it to Washington. I mean, teams were leaving Darnell Washington wide open last year because they knew they weren't going to throw it to him. If you force them to honor those guys, it gets you so many other things across the field. It gives you more one-on-ones with, with Pickens in, in big play situations. And in teams that don't have elite quarter cornerback play from, from top to bottom or on their one-two spots, it, those one-on-one situations can turn into touchdown situations with broken coverages because they're too worried about all the different things that hurt them. Point being, the Steelers have multiple talented weapons on, in their on their offensive roster. Arthur Smith has to channel them, and two of those are their tougher, tougher guys to tackle when they're moving. And that's Najee Harris and Darnell Washington. Good question, Jesse from Miami. We got a lot more of your questions here that we'll talk about on the show today on the Locked On Steelers podcast. I'm your host, Chris Carter. Stick with us. We'll be right back. But first, I want to remind you, this show is brought to you by DoorDash. We're all busy in today's world, and finding the time to go get dinner can always seem like an extra chore at the end of a long day. That's where DoorDash comes in as one of my favorite apps to use every single week because DoorDash allows me to pick my favorite restaurant, whether I want something healthy, tasty, or even both. And even if I or even if I feel like cooking and, miss, and I'm missing the right ingredients, I can use DoorDash to get everything I need because DoorDash is an app you can download right to your phone. You can order food right to your door from your favorite restaurant or order groceries delivered from your local grocery store to have it ready so that you can cook and you didn't have to leave your house to do it. Or even if you're on your way home from work, you can order while you're while you're driving home so that it saves you the trip and saves you the time. That's a that's the great value of DoorDash is it saves you so much time. And if you want even more value, you can save on all your grocery and restaurant favorites with a $0 delivery free on all eligible orders with what's called a Dash Pass membership. Just download the DoorDash app today and you can get that right on your phone. DoorDash is an all-in-one app for your everyday needs from restaurants to groceries to flowers and gifts next time you're running low on dinner ideas pet supplies or even just time you can get so much more than you realize delivered right to your door football season may be over but we're in the thick of basketball games the school year and let's face it winter i can think of a million reasons to why you can date you can you daily use doordash hop on the app today make your day a little bit easier by going to doordash your door to more head to the doordash app to get everything you need delivered Back here in the Locked On Steelers podcast, Chris Carter here breaking things down for you. 
uh, again, and taking your calls. Again, all your calls can be sent into or call into 412-223-6644. You call that number, leave your name, where you're from, and keep your question under a minute. We'll get your question on the show. Again, we're trying to get a lot of questions out because y'all have left so many. I can't even keep up with it. Uh, with the news of last week with you know the receivers coach and everything else that was happening last week, it was tough to stick with it. But I wanted to get some out the way at the start this week so we continue those questions. And this question comes from our friend Santana from Phoenix, who has an interesting question about the secondary specifically uh minka fitzpatrick take it away santana how you doing there chris hi my name is santana randall calling from phoenix arizona i just had a question about minka fitzpatrick um i noticed on uh on today's show that you got the value of minka fitzpatrick but i just want to know um to maximize his potential to get back to the old minka fitzpatrick do you think that he was playing more of a um of a dime linebacker because um in the beginning, the um, the defense was having problems stopping the run. So I just want to know what your thoughts are on that. And by the way, uh, I watch the show every day, and, and uh, good job. Um, talk to you later, Chris. Bye-bye. Thank you for your question, Santana. Appreciate uh, everyone who calls in for the show. So we've touched on Minka Fitzpatrick before, but I figured, hey, we can we can touch on a little bit more. Now, to the, to the point of the Steelers using Minka Fitzpatrick more, to be in positions where he can be a better playmaker. Uh, you know, for example, Minka Fitzpatrick this year, you know, didn't have a single interception. He was injured quite a bit. That played into it as well. But the Steelers were using him on a lot of different spaces. Uh, he didn't, he only had three passes defensed on the year um, and, and wasn't really the X factor playmaker that he's been when he's been at his best. And that that's a challenge for the Steelers. You want to get him back to, to playing like that. So let's take a closer look at where Minka Fitzpatrick was this past year. And that might, you know, give you more of an idea of what, of how they need to be uh, be better there. Um, and, you know, I look at how, um, I look at how the, how the Steelers were using Minka Fitzpatrick and I see like, man, there were a lot of games where he, where he, where he was used at kind of linebacker positions like this past year, you look at how he was, he was lined up. There were games where he lined up majority in slot corner, like on the year, just, you know, just, just that would, that's, that's where he, he was moving everywhere. He was lined up in the box. There was a game where against the, uh, in week seven and week 13, he lined up 34 and 37 times in the box. Uh, he just wasn't used at free safety as often. Now in the wild card game, he was uh, because they were, I think they were kind of trying to hoping to get him back, you know, to, to that role once they got DeMonte KZ and other guys back. But yeah, that was a big part of it. Cause if you look back to 2022, um, almost every game, he was primarily the, a free safety, and, you know, snaps, you know, just snaps by snaps throughout those games in 2022. And again, in 2022, what did he do that year? Six interceptions, first team all pro led the NFL in interceptions, also had a pick six uh, and 11 passes defense that year. Yeah, you want to get him back to that. You want to get him in the conversation of defensive player of the year again, uh, because he was nowhere near it this past year. I don't think it's because he's you know losing any speed at all. The guy's 27 right now. He's going to be 28 uh, in the middle of next season. So like, this is his prime. You want to get it for the next like four or five years. You're going to see prime Minka Fitzpatrick. And I think it, the Steelers owe it to themselves to make sure he gets back to being in the prime position for Minka Fitzpatrick. So yeah, getting him back to free safety is important, which is why when we were doing mock draft Monday, uh, shout out to Cody J, our first winner of the, of the year. Um, I thought a safety addition in the secondary with, with a day two pick 
made a lot of sense. Tyler Newbin is a strong safety type of guy. He's six six two. He has length. He can he can make plays. He can cover. Um, I also think guys like, you know, a Tyke Smith with his ability to kind of jump in the slot as much as he did for Georgia, um, you know, bigger body safeties out there. I think it's Kalen Bullock out of, out of USC. He's another guy that can play that can play that way. But you need players who can play the traditional strong safety role, who can come in, help you out in a lot of different help you out in a lot of different ways to make it so that Minka Fitzpatrick is playing deep safety. And part of that also involves making sure your linebacker room is healthy, which is why they also need to make sure that whatever they do there, they have guys who are ready to go. I think Minka Fitzpatrick is still and you know is still a guy who can be an all pro player in the NFL. He, but he has to be in the position to do so. If the Steelers are asking him to play a thousand different positions this next year, I think you're asking him to not be that same type of playmaker that he was, uh, you know, in, in his best years. Because again, you know, you look at 2022 lined up lined up primarily at free safety, key interceptor for the Steelers defense. 2023, and again, that was a year without T.J. Watt for half the season. So, like again, like you know, put Minka Fitzpatrick in, in, in at the free safety of a defense with Alex Highsmith and T.J. Watt breathing down quarterbacks' necks uh, with improved defensive line play. Because you're assuming that Cam Hayward's healthy, Keanu Benton's you know a year a year older, and he's getting he's getting better. Maybe if the linebackers are healthy, and again with just some safety help and Joey Porter Jr. playing well at corner with maybe another good additional piece there, you have so much more that you can do with Minka Fitzpatrick, and he becomes that X factor guy again that works in the Steelers' favor. I think it's remarkable that the Steelers' defense still ranked sixth this year in total scoring with Minka Fitzpatrick not making a single interception, missing almost half the season due to injuries, and just not being the X factor guy anymore. You know this year that's i mean him nor cam hayward were wreckers of games this past season the way they had been for the past like three or four seasons and the steelers still found a way to be a top end defense get get him back to being playing like that it's another step to the journey to being a top five and maybe even a top three defense if the steelers make other right moves but one of those moves has to be making sure Minka Fitzpatrick is solid there. Another question here deals more with free agency or more so what the Steelers can do before the draft with the quarterback room. Here comes Matt from Durham with a question on the quarterbacks. Hey, Chris, this is uh, Matt from Durham, North Carolina. I was calling in reference to the idea of uh, Russell Wilson to the Steelers. If Denver cuts him, they still have to pay him $39 million. So if the Steelers bring him in for a year, they would only have to pay a minimum league minimum maybe that's something the Steelers should consider I hate to say it but maybe Russell Wilson thanks Chris let me know thank thank you always appreciate questions thank you for your question Matt Russell Wilson I'll say this um the he wouldn't take league minimum even though he's making a ton of money from his dead money once he's cut by the Broncos we all see that's probably going to happen at this point um I, I don't think he'd take league minimum but he's not on my list of guys that I'd be going and getting in free agency right now. And like, if he were, if, if, it, if Mason Rudolph went somewhere else and other things didn't work out short, sure, like he's somewhere on that list. But I, I honestly think that the Steelers need to prioritize making sure Mason Rudolph's back in the fold and then maybe getting a guy like Ryan Tannehill because Ryan Tannehill definitely is not coming with a high price tag. And if you bring him in for like a $5 or $5 million contract real quick, then what you're then, then you have a guy who's been in Arthur Smith's system can met, help mentor both Mason and or Kenny uh, in it, and then you have a third veteran quarterback for you know if let's say Kenny has another really bad year, Mason goes in as the starter, plays well, but then gets hurt, and you're not sure, and Kenny isn't playing well, you have another option in Tannehill. Now Russell Wilson could rebound and just be and just in, at a better situation. He's 35, uh, so I think that he's a guy that could you know bounce back in the right situation, but. 
at 30, but you don't want to be taking, you know, the kind of risks to, to, if you need to spend money on a quarterback. Now, if you don't spend on him, sure. I guess he could be a cheap addition um, there. I just don't know that he will be with his track record. The guy's a Super Bowl champion quarterback. He's been a pro bowler. He's been a guy who's made a lot of plays. I think he's even, you know, even received an MVP vote once. Uh, not that he should have been one, but you know what I'm saying? Like he's, he's been a guy who's been in high demand before. I don't know if he's going to just be some easy asking price for the Steelers and free agency once he's cut by the Broncos. Uh, so just my opinion, I don't think he's that guy, but again, if all, if Mason Rudolph signed with someone else, because he'd be too valuable and someone else, you know, someone else said, Hey, I'll pay you big bucks. And you know, a Ryan Tannehill doesn't work. Or even if you just think that Ryan Tannehill came for cheap and you want another option there as a veteran. Sure. I, you know, I think that he could still be given that shot, but the Steelers don't need to trip over themselves. It needs to be a low level, low risk move to go get Russell Wilson. Don't trade for him. Don't pay more than, you know, five mil a year for him. You'll know, rock out with that. And, you know, if Russell gets paid somewhere else, let him get paid somewhere else. But that's only a, a move that I think the Steelers should make if it's like, uh, oh, hey, that fell into our lap type of situation. Don't invest anything other than. Uh, just happenstance to get that kind of a guy. We got one more question to get to here on the Locked On Steelers podcast. I'm your host, Chris Carter. Stick with us. We got we still got a lot to discuss. But first, I want to remind you, this show is brought to you by FanDuel. FanDuel Sportsbook is the number one sportsbook in America that you need to play, that you need to play right now. Uh, FanDuel, right now, after the Super Bowl is being over, there's still so many ways to play. Right now, new customers can get $150 back in bonus bets with any winning $5 bet. If you're like me, football season being done doesn't mean that I'm done with sports because FanDuel gives you so many ways to play with, with the NBA, NHL, college basketball, and so much more action. FanDuel has so many ways to win with, uh, win all throughout the season with all the different kind of prop bets that you can make on any game. And again, with NBA, college basketball, NHL, you got action every single night. You can make quick bets, make live same-game parlays, get exclusive prop bets, and so many more ways to win. New customers join today at, at FanDuel, and you'll get $150 back in bonus bets if you hit on any $5 bet or more by win winning that gets you $150 back in bonus bets. It's the best time to join up and play fa play FanDuel by going to FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to sign up and get that deal today to get. Again, FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to get $150 back in bonus bets on you hitting a $5, money, uh, $5 bet on FanDuel. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sportsbook partner of the NBA. Back here on the Locked On Steelers podcast, Chris Carter here, uh, keep uh, finishing off the show to you today for the Tuesday episode. Uh, we have another question that we called in. This is Alexander from Richmond, and this we talked about Minka Fitzpatrick a lot in the last segment, but let's talk about the other position in the secondary, and that's cornerback uh, with two guys who are currently on the Steelers roster. Here's Alexander from Richmond. Chris Carter, this is D. Alexander in Richmond, Virginia. My question is, with as high as the Steelers were on the cornerback trace before he got injured, and with us having Rush and maybe we working Patrick Peterson's deal, are we really that hard up a cornerback? Or could we possibly be set and use that money to maybe go after a larger name on the defensive line? Appreciate all you're doing. Love the show. Listen to it. Every day. Have a good one. Peace. 
Thank you very much for your question. Also, shout out to Steeler Nation. Y'all calling from Virginia, North Carolina, Arizona, Florida, everywhere, not just Pittsburgh. So uh, we had we had a bunch of different listeners on, uh, you know, calling in from the show. Again, 412-223-6644. Keep your, put your, give us your name, where you're from, and keep your question under a minute. And that's how you can get a chance to be on the show. So let, let's talk about a few things here. Um First of all, on the Steelers roster, the cornerback room right now is Joey Porter Jr. is a cornerback one. You still have Patrick Peterson under contract. Uh, you have Corey Trice. You have Darius Rush. Um, so you got options there. But I, I kind of I, I get that people are excited about Corey Trice, but I don't think the Steelers should be banking on him working out. Listen, he was a seventh round pick who was projected to be a third or fourth round pick, and there were lots of guys who said, "Hey." Maybe Corey Trice, you know, there's also guys in the who are draft analysts that are like, man, the Steelers might got might have gotten this, the steal of the seventh round by getting Corey Trice. But he tore his ACL, didn't finish training camp. Uh, it was pretty early in training camp. So we have no idea what he looks like. And if you're sitting there thinking, oh, that's just going to be a guarantee uh, that he's going to recover, I want you to think back to a guy named uh, Senquez Golson, another cornerback they drafted. Granted, in the second round, not in the seventh, who he got injured his first year. And it was like, oh, he'll be back next year. And then he got injured every year after that until he retired and out of the NFL. And he was a second-round draft pick cornerback that never even played a single snap of preseason. So not guaranteed. And I think that if uh, you're the Steelers, you can't count it as guarantee that Corey Trice is going to be healthy or that even if he is healthy, that he is the answer uh, at cornerback. I do think they need to find an answer there. Now, as far as Patrick Peterson, he's a peculiar case because Patrick Peterson's a guy who has, who's a $9.7 million cap hit next season. That's a lot of money for a guy who isn't really that kind of cornerback anymore. Um, but as Patrick Peterson said, and he said, we, you know, we brought it up right on this show when he said it back, I think it was in December. He said, I'm okay with extending. He's like, I, I had the plan to extend my career at, by moving to safety. And for a few games, he was good at safety. He wasn't getting targeted. He was in position. He kept the whole secondary together, but that's still going to be a position that he needs to adapt to. And if he were to stay with the Steelers, you're not paying him $9.7 million to be an extra safety on the field. You're going to need to spread that money out. He's going to need to lower that cap hit this year. And maybe, you know, you tack on another two years of the deal where he's costing you maybe around five to $7 million a year. And I'm not so sure Patrick Peterson goes for that. I, I mean, he might be like, Hey, look, man, I'm just trying, I'm trying to get paid what I think I should get paid uh, to finish my, my career strong. But I also think that Patrick Peterson liked working with the Steelers. He liked Joey Porter Jr. He liked the, the, the environment. He liked Mike Tomlin. He liked the organization. Um, and if he's able to, if they're able to work out an extension that keeps him as a versatile member of the secondary that doesn't have him specifically outside cornerback and doesn't cost them more than like $7 million a year for the next two or three years, maybe that's worth an option. But that still means they need to go get a, a, a real cornerback to line up next to Joey Porter Jr. And here's the thing. That doesn't have to be in free agency. That also could be in the draft class because uh, this is a draft class with a deep cornerback class. Like, you know, there's a guy like Kamari Lassiter out of Georgia who could very well slip to the second round. I don't think he slips to the Steelers pick in the seventh in the second round, but that could that, that's another guy who you could look at there and say, hey, um, this is going to be something where uh, where where I think that, uh, you know, yeah, uh, you, you, you can get another cornerback early. That can be a guy that you can pair with Joey Porter Jr. and say, "Hey, we've got our cornerbacks for the future. That's locked down. Don't have to invest much more in it cap, draft, draft capital wise." And the secondary is very close to complete. And then 
if Patrick Peterson's playing safety and you and you have those two cornerback positions locked down, then you don't need to invest more at safety to help out Minka Fitzpatrick because Patrick Peterson can be your guy who moves around the defense, helps out, and it helps you know get Minka Fitzpatrick back to being a deep safety. But Patrick Peterson also isn't a great tackler right now. He's not a guy that's physical in the box. He's not gonna guy that's gonna fly up and play a linebacker unless he changes his entire play style. And at his age, that's just very tough to do. Um, so that being said. I don't think the Steelers should bank on either Peterson or Trice as a part of a long-term plan just yet. Trice may still work out for that, uh, but you cannot bank on a seventh rounder who tore his ACL his, his, his rookie training camp to eventually just turn out to be the guy. They should be looking seriously at corner in, in free agency, what readies you spend there to try and bring in a solid bet across from Joey Porter Jr. And even if they, whether or not they do that, they still need to be looking at corner in this draft class because this is a good corner draft class. And if you get one from there, could set you up long-term with a one-two punch at cornerback that could be a pillar of your defense as you move forward. That's all we have for today here on the Locked on Steelers podcast. I'm your host, Chris Carter. Thanks for tuning in to your favorite, uh, to your favorite pod, on your favorite podcasting app and on YouTube. Like this video if you enjoyed. Subscribe to this channel to get all of our daily Monday through Friday episodes as well as our bonus content. We're back tomorrow with more here on your, on, on your Pittsburgh Steelers right here on the Locked on Steelers podcast.